Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. Elliot Danka and Ziaul Raushan talking money today. How much would it cost to get your favourite player to your club? I mean, a lot apparently. A lot. The way Manchester United are dealing with things, apparently not enough. But wow. the transfer window used to be my favourite time of the season. Mm. Purely because ins and outs, it's exciting with the rumour mill. Now it's just frustrating with the way the market's gone. So we're going to speak to an expert, a man who mixes passion with business. We've got the... Sports Business Group Leader, Asia-Pacific for Deloitte, Singapore. James Walton on the line. James, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, he's a Spurs fan, so we will talk about the Harry Kane situation in a while, James. But, I mean, with regard to Harry Kane, and the reason we bring up this conversation is there are quite a few top players in the final year of their contract. Um, roughly, how many percent does their value drop when they're in the last year of their contract? It, there's, there's no mathematical formula around it. It kind of comes down to a point around whether or not they're likely to go overseas because mm. if they're likely to go overseas, then technically they can sign a pre-contract from, from January of that year, whereas they wouldn't be able to do that with another Premier League team, for example. But you usually assume that the value gets pretty much half. If they're, say, over 26, 27, definitely more than half. Wow. If they're younger uh, than 26, 27, which is where people like Mason Mount, Declan Rice... Uh, are coming into things, then it may be not quite all the way to half because obviously there's more sell-on value at the end. James, I'm glad you gave us great perspective in terms of value dropping. I hope Todd Bowley is listening because he's playing hardball <laughs> with the negotiations for Mason Mount. Right? Let's zoom in on that. Two English midfielders in the news a lot, Declan Rice and Mason Mount, being courted by a few other English mm. clubs. Which club do you think, in terms of handling the outgoing of the player, is handling it better? Would that be West Ham or Chelsea? Well, I think West Ham, to some extent, uh, are holding slightly better cards in this situation because Declan Rice is seen as a, a more marketable asset, and that's why they're talking numbers around 100 million, while the numbers being banded around for Mason Mount are, are more around the 60 million mark. And that's partly to do with how their last season has gone as well as how mm. they are viewed from an international point of view. Mason Mount had somewhat of a disappointing season. Declan Rice had arguably one of his best seasons. The other problem Chelsea have is that there's really only Man United knocking on the door right now, mm. whereas West Ham have really been hoping that this will turn into a bidding war uh, between Arsenal and Man City and maybe someone else, and, and it looks like they've got their wish. How, how did we get here, James? I mean, I bet you scratch your head as well when you look back the days. Alan Shearer, 15 million pounds. That was a record. And suddenly you've got a Neymar for 200 over pounds. And now we're talking Declan Rice for 100 million. This is crazy. No, I, I think it's interesting because I, I don't even have to look back that far. I look back to the pandemic. Okay. And we all sat there and watched these clubs go cap in hand to the government and saying that they needed money. And everyone yeah, said, yeah. wow, this will be a awakening. This will be a moment that changes football transfers because clubs realize it's unsustainable. And here we are, uh, you know, barely two years out and, and suddenly it's gone even more mad than it has before. But if you look at the inflation aspect, there is some logic. I mean, I don't know if you guys know... If you look back on an inflation basis, who was the most expensive player of all time? Any any thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Zinedine Zidane? Pogba. <laughs> Pogba. <laughs> He's no, my go-to answer. Paul Pogba. It's actually Gianluca Vialli. Oh, wow. In wow. 1992, his transfer fee was £14.8 million, roughly £15 million. So there was an interesting study done by a group called Totally Money. And they did inflation inflation adjustments, and his fourteen point eight million came out at two hundred and nine million wow. pounds. Wow! 
which wow. puts him above Neymar, who was 109, but only a couple of 190 or so, but only a couple of years ago, which roughly translates to 200 million of real world money. So there is an element that inflation. Um, Ferdinand has got a point. This same group were the ones that estimated that Ferdinand would be worth around 158 to 160 million in today's money. Wow. Just for some context, Ferdinand also asked for £400,000 a week and <laughs> I think that takes inflation into account. Now, James, you gave us great perspective. One thing I want to zoom on in is the English teams, right? We've seen the likes of Bournemouth, humble Bournemouth, outspending AC Milan in the years gone by. What's going on there? Historically, AC Milan are so much and then we've come Bournemouth who can outspend them suddenly. Well, I, I think there's two factors in that. The first one is that the Premier League has just become a cash cow because of the overseas TV rights, which means that for these clubs, you know, you simply get more money just for being in the Premier League than you do for winning um, other leagues around Europe. And particularly, Italian football hasn't always been a, a great example of financial management over the years. And, and so if you look, you know, you can go to any country in the world and turn on the TV and can you see the Premier League? Probably yes. Can you see Bundesliga? Can you see Syria? Not necessarily, mm. and not for the same amount of money. And, and the second point to that is, it's so lucrative now to stay in the Premier League um, that once you're up there, you need to spend the money to stay there so that you, you have that golden ticket. Whereas, again, for a team like Milan to, to continue to stay in Syria, they don't necessarily need to spend that money to do that. Mm. Lucrative to stay in the Premier League. Someone who really wants to stay is your beloved Harry Kane, captain of Tottenham Hotspurs. Yet at the same time, we know the chairman of Spurs, Daniel Levy, doesn't want Kane to go to a rival Premier League club. Uh, you have another curious case of Kylian Mbappe and a certain Real Madrid might be courting these two players. Uh, what are your thoughts on this situation? Who could be worth more money here? I mean, there's no doubt Mbappe will be worth more money. They've both basically got the same amount of time left on their on their contracts, yeah. um, and at the end of the day, as much as Kane has a what we call the English premium if he stays yeah. in, the, in the Premier League, mm. Mbappe is considerably younger, and from a merchandising point of view, a marketing point of view, he 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 just holds a lot more appeal and allure. If, if Real Madrid sign Mbappe, that it would be a signing that would be seen as one of the top three or four signings in the history of world football. Whereas perhaps. Kane going to Real Madrid would be kind of on a bit of a level with, say, Lewandowski going to Barcelona, okay. given his age and where he's at in his career. Now, James, you've given us the sports perspective. Give us the Spurs perspective. Would it hurt a lot less if Harry Kane were to leave for Spain rather than Manchester United? Um, I think from a Spurs fan point of view, there's a lot of fans out there that will tell you the club should let him go, that he's been a devoted servant and that we are such a mess right now. Um, that, that, you know, give, give the guy a chance, he's hung in there. But they definitely don't want to see him showing up at, at, at the Spurs stadium, mm. uh, which is, there's no danger of in, in European competition yeah. next year. So um, Man United, definitely not. I think fans were even relatively okay with him going to Man City uh, when that was on the table previously, because we don't particularly see Man City as a rival because they are so far ahead of everyone. But the idea of him turning up at Newcastle, or Man United, which are really the only conceivable teams in the Premier League that have the money and perhaps the the uh, allure and the chance of trophies to attract him, would be a real kick in the face for Spurs fans and, and maybe be the final bell for Daniel Levy. Oh, that'll be something. Uh, okay, um, I do want to get your perspective, James, with regard to the Saudi Arabia situation, the kind of signings they're making. Uh, a lot of them uh, Chelsea rejects, uh, but what are your thoughts on the power of the Saudi League? 
Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think Todd Burley got a get-out-of-jail card on this one. Didn't he? <laughs> he, he, he had stacked his squad with overpriced players, was trying to work out how he could get rid of them to get around financial fair play, and, and basically up comes Saudi Arabia with a with a checkbook. And, and uh, not only him, but, but some of the other teams are benefiting as well. Look, I mean, the different. a lot of people talk about the Chinese Super League as it was and this and the way China went about buying all those players, but the, the, the answer to that would be that the pockets in Saudi Arabia are a lot deeper than the pockets were in China. There is no danger in the next year or two that this will suddenly stop. Mm. I guess the question for European football is, is what are you going to do about it to retain these players and attract these, these players? The question for the players is how competitive does the league get and, and are you really going there? I think the big, the big change that's come about is that most, for the most part, 90% of the players that went to China, 90% of the players that have gone to Major League Soccer in the past have been players over the over 30 years old. Mm. But we're now seeing players, potentially Ruben Neves and, and yeah. people like that, 26 years old. Yeah. These are players that are in the prime of their career. We're hearing about Bernardo Silva, potentially. They, were, they made a move even for people like Gundogan and people yeah. like that unsuccessfully. That is completely out of whack with what we've ever seen before. Yeah, it certainly is. The Ruben Neves one especially really boggles my mind. Now, James, we speak about the value of players and granted, they don't determine their price, right? But with such a big price comes expectations. We see Anthony go for 100 over million and then flatter to receive at Manchester United. What does that do in terms of what a player can do? Because he doesn't determine his price, but how much pressure is there then on a player to deliver? Yeah, and, and, and believe me, players, given that they usually get signing on fees and they usually get a commission cut of a deal, no player is ever going to want their fee to be lower than, than it possibly can be. But it does bring expectation. And you've only, I mean, you talk about Anthony, but you look back at, say, Nicolas Pepe mm-hmm. um, at Arsenal. And Arsenal wanted to sign Zaha, but Crystal Palace wanted the money up front. Pepe's club were willing to take the payment in installments, so Arsenal spent the same money on Pepe, but he was never worth the $70 million or so that they that they paid. And we've seen other players that you wonder what's going to happen maybe with Kai Havertz, uh, although his fee's coming down going from Arsenal, but he has seemed to struggle with the weight of that, of that fee as well. It does become just a, a rod for the players back that as soon as something goes wrong, it becomes what could we have spent the money on? This guy's a waste of money in a way that, you know, when you pick up a player on a free transfer or a player, you know, coming towards the end of his contract and you get him a bit cheaper, you say, Oh, it's okay. We only spent thirty million on him, but mm. if we spent seventy million on that same player, it's just about value, return on investment, and that is a rod for the players back. So we're going to end off uh, with a bit of fun, James. Uh, Rio Ferdinand, of course, uh, saying about a week ago that he'd be worth uh, over one hundred fifty million, one hundred seventy million, asking for four hundred thousand pounds a week in this day and age. So uh, we picked three top signings: uh, most money paid for a defender, Rio Ferdinand; most money paid for a midfielder at Real Madrid, Zinedine Zidane; most money paid for a goalkeeper, Jean-Luigi Buffon. In today's day and age, James, which one of these three players you think would be the most expensive? Well, I think at the end of the day, there's always a premium for forwards and attacking players. So it's interesting when you talk about those players. And Ferdinand, yeah, we can say inflation's 160 million, but Maguire is still the world's most expensive defender. You didn't need to bring that up, James. We, we, yeah, we, who, so, who are you talking about, James? We don't know. So, so would realistically anybody pay double the current transfer record for a defender? And, yeah, and when you yeah. look at, at Buffon, he was 48 million in 2001, yeah. but the transfer record is still only 80 million for Kepa, mm-hmm. another failure perhaps. So undoubtedly, 
it would be Zidane. I think Ferdinand right now would go for somewhere between 80 to 100. Buffon probably 80 to 100, but Zidane would be 150 plus. And just very quickly, because we're talking about English strikers, how much would Alan Shearer go for? Ooh, it depends if he's in the last year of his contract. But if he wasn't, you'd be looking at 100 million at oh, least. And out of them, Gigi Buffon is still playing for Parma. Uh, we've been speaking <laughs> with uh, James Walton, Sports Business Group Leader, Asia Pacific for Deloitte, Singapore. James, appreciate your time. Take care and have a great day ahead, yeah? Hey, take care, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.